0: This is a News Laundry podcast and you're listening to Reporters Without Orders. Order, order. Welcome to Reporters Without Orders, a podcast where week after week, we get reporters to talk about their stories, their experiences, and of course, their thoughts on what made news, what didn't, and some things that absolutely shouldn't have. Today we have a short and sweet in-house panel. Joining me on my right is desk writer Gaurav Sarkar. Hi Gaurav. Hi Cherry. How's this winter morning treating you?
1: I think you can see that with uh, (laughs) the amount of clothing that I have on me right now.
0: Yeah, Gaurav has a shawl wrapped around him and a jacket. Also joining us is Ayush. Hi, Ayush. Hello, Cherry. Ayush is our head of research. Ayush, what are you going to be talking about today?
2: I'm going to talk about uh, Kapil Sibyl's controversial comments at the Jayapolitary Fest regarding the government trying to block his channel from going on air.
0: Interesting. I actually wanted to know what happened there. And Gaurav, what about you? What are you? Could you give us a line about what you will be talking about today?
1: Uh, well, I have uh, two pieces that I want to talk about. One is about the latest Cobra Post expose that happened yesterday about, well, I'll actually tell you down the line. And the other was a story that I reported earlier about uh, the current Comptroller Auditor General Raji Merishi, whether, uh, you know, he did evade tax in a land deal or not.
0: And since this is an early morning podcast, we are going to keep it short and sweet. And Prateek will be joining us over the phone. Prateek is our special correspondent. Uh, Last time Prateek did a report from Chhattisgarh, and this time he was in Hyderabad to do an in-depth fact check about the claims made by Syed Shuja, who, quote-unquote, is a cyber expert and and did a press conference in London where he claimed that people will be able to hack electronic voting machines that are used in Indian elections. So Prateek would be sharing more details a little later. So Gaurav, let's begin with you. You were at Anirudh Behl's Cobra Post presser. Who were present at the presser? What was the presser about? Could you give us more details about the expose?
1: Okay, so this was uh, the first Cobra Post presser that I've been to and uh, the turnout was phenomenal. In fact, uh, a a quick precursor to what happened in the morning yesterday, I think it was in the Times of India that an article was carried about the Adani stocks dipping because they speculated that uh, Cobra Post had done the expose on them. And Cobra Post had been promoting this presser of theirs since last week. So just in a quick nutshell, the story is about how uh, this company called DHFL, Divan Housing Finance Limited, siphoned off over 31,000 crores of public money, rerouted it via shell companies to places, companies where the promoters had personal interests. 31,000 crores is the figure that Cobra Post has investigated, although they claim that uh, the amount could be as high as 97,880 crores. So this is what the story was in a nutshell.
0: Just for our listeners, Cobra Post is a non-profit news website. It was founded in 2003 by Anirudh Behel. Behel was also one of the founders of Tehelka. Cobra Post is known for the stings it does. In May last year, it had stung several big media houses to quote-unquote expose how big media organizations were comfortable running a polarizing Hindutva campaign in return for money. You could check out a report on Cobra posting on our website, newslaundry.com. I repeat, newslaundry.com. And if you like our podcast, you can find them there on the website too. Ayush, do you have any questions for Gaurav?
2: Yeah, I definitely do. So, I mean, by the looks of it, it seemed like, of course, very serious allegations on mm-hmm. this company. So, And since you were there and you uh, saw the evidence, I'm mm-hmm. guessing, how strong is the, how strong is their case?
1: So, in fact, the entire story that they have put up on their website is about 12,000 words, which is really in-depth. They also, at the presser, gave out to all the media uh, representatives there a CD and a document as well. So, I'm guessing that the CD uh, contains the PowerPoint presentation that they were showing at the presser itself, which shows you the breakdown of a couple of things, Uh, the most important of which is how how, uh, public sector banks, say like the SBI, granted phenomenal amounts in loans to DHFL without any kind of security. And uh, this in, this money was in fact then routed via shell companies to go back to uh, the p- places where the promoters have personal interests, where the Wadhavans have personal interests. More than that, apart from this convoluted bank thing, which you know would take a while to understand, at least for someone who's not very familiar with accounts, what they also allegedly did, what Cobra Post alleges, is that they bought a cricket team. The Wadhavans bought a cricket team in Sri Lanka. They funded companies in Gujarat and Karnataka before, right before their respective state elections. And probably something that really, really stood out in their allegations were the fact that around 20 crore rupees was donated to the BJP in the year 2014-15. And okay, if it's, if it's just a case of donating money, I understand that. But this amount was donated by companies that had posted a loss of about 1,26,000 the previous year. So how do you get 10 crores suddenly in the span of one year to donate to the BJP? And why have you not declared this in your ROC? So these were a few, these were one of the main things that stood out in the story.
2: And there were allegations that uh, they sent the questionnaire, which had some 64 questions Mm -hmm. to DHFL on the same morning as the press conference. Mm -hmm. Was was that true? Yeah, they did. So that uh, raises a lot of counter questions on from the perspective of DHFL, because You know, on the same day as the press conference, if you send 64 questions, 64 are a lot of questions to answer. So even if you were to assume that they are, let's say, you know, the claims that Cobra Post makes are absolutely not true. then
0: I mean, I understand that and I agree Cobra Post should have given them more time, at least 24 to 48 hours. But I mean, if... The sting is, I wasn't at the press conference, so Kaurav can tell us more about it. If the sting is based on publicly available documents, government documents, then, I mean, the story still holds true, right? Because they are based on publicly available government documents.
1: So, uh, Cherry, first of all, this is probably one of the first Cobra Post stories that is not a sting. You know, as you said, they are available uh, in public documents. It's just that you need to know what you're looking for. You need to connect the dots. You need to have financial analysts with you who can do this. It is based on government documents and it's one of their only stories that is not a sting.
0: Okay, Uh, What did you think of media's coverage of Cobra sting?
1: Well, I think the independent media houses covered it pretty well yesterday. Everyone was there at the presser, in fact. But uh, from what I hear, it wasn't really broadcast at the same time. But another aspect to the story was that what what I found really stood out was that the presser started at 3 p.m. yesterday at a press club. Mm. But why was this held at 3 p.m. and not in the morning or in the evening, you know? Obviously, you had to send the questions in the morning to DHFL. But why hold it once the stock markets are shut? Because you are going to cause a shift in the stock market, right? And we did see that the the one the stocks dipped by about 16 points, if I'm not wrong, within the first half an hour of the presser itself. Also, ethically speaking about these 64 questions that were sent in the morning, I sort of feel that if you would uh, give in, in such a big case, if you do give the, the person you're investigating or the company you're investigating a certain heads up that you are doing the story, they might have the time gap to try and cover their tracks. So maybe, maybe they weren't airtight, maybe Cobra Post weren't airtight with their approach. But I don't think they were completely unethical with shooting the questions out in the morning.
0: I mean, I don't think there would be a problem with tightness of the story if it is based on documents. But what I think what what I understand from this is if you give a heads up to the company they can just go and get an injunction Mm -hmm. like it happened in uh, their uh, big media sting Mm -hmm. one of the companies one of the newspapers approached the court and the press conference was cancelled they have to hold back they had to hold back one of the videos so that is something that can happen but I still think they should give a heads up if you're sure about a story give the opponent a chance to speak up you have to hear the other side that's due process
1: in fact in this place I also think that maybe Cobra Post were a little maybe a little paranoid that they might that uh, that DHFL might start offloading shares. So you know, that would completely affect the story in case you're given a heads up, fine, getting an injunction is one thing the story won't get out for a while. But you will still have the time to offload your shares, which will cause a fluctuation in the share market.
0: Okay.
2: And this is by the way, let's note it that second time in a week when a report by an independent media house has caused the you know, shareholders, dip, mm-hmm. the SL group, the Z yeah. conglomerate, you know, we saw it earlier in the week when Wires report came out that they had also some suspicious mm-hmm. stuff going on in the blankets. So I think it's a good week for independent media in that way.
0: True. And just to add to the media coverage of Cobra, Cobra posting, I didn't see them on the front pages of at least the Delhi editions of the Big Four I didn't see them on the front pages. Though there are a couple of pieces on the web editions, they didn't make the front pages. Ayush, any thoughts on, apart from SL Group's suspicious, quote-unquote, suspicious activity? What caught your eye? What was? Uh, what did the media over-report? What did the media under-report?
2: So, um, I think I only saw two reports in the media on what I'm going to talk about, which is mm. the couple symbol issue. So, it's, it was the last day of JLF... Uh, Day before yesterday. Mm-hmm. And if you've ever been to if you know it's the last day, the closing debate is the gala event. It's intense, yeah. Yeah, all the controversies, all the piss and vinegar comes <laughs> out during that one debate where they call the biggest names who talk the most controversial things they can talk about. Sagarika promoted her book. Another BJP guy promoted his book. And... While this debate was going on, and the topic of it, I think, was do liberals stifle free speech, Kapil Sibbal just gave an example of how the government was trying to block his channel from getting on air. Now, the channel in question is Harvest TV, Mm -hmm. which, uh, as a print report a couple of weeks ago pointed out, has, you know, Karan Thapar has a show, Mm -hmm. I think Barkha has a show. There's a speculation that Pune Prasoon Bachpay might be on the Hindi version of the channel. So, that's the channel, and... Sybil alleged that Tata Sky had taken his channel off, Den had blacklisted the channel. Airtel had blacked out at 2pm on some day for an hour, but even though it's back. Now, going by the media reports, it seemed rather weird because these uh, Tata Sky, the two media houses sent them questionnaires, they didn't respond to print, they did respond to scroll saying we don't have anything to say, it's under management. So there's a eerie silence on Tata Sky's Mm -hmm. behalf, which doesn't bode too well uh, but on the other issue the whole background of this is also but
0: i didn't know it was coming on Tata Sky i thought it was only coming on Airtel and Den so it
2: was supposed to start from what i've read on Tata Sky from 1st of feb oh okay right yeah so the background of the whole issue is that uh, harvest tv is not something new that has started there was a harvest tv it was a malayali christian channel And they got a license for it came under the week on media house in 2010. And if you go by it, it's spiritual devotional stuff, rather cuckoo, you'll find some videos of it on YouTube. Now what they did, the, this Christian devotional channel has shifted to another license called ATE. So if you look at the channel, it shows ATE logo on the bottom now. And I think the harvest TV news that is Barkha and. Kapil Which has have taken an HTN logo. HTN logo. HTN because Harvest TV has objected, saying, you know, you can't take a same logo because that's using a goodwill. So and they so that the spiritual channel has shifted to another license, and in the space that they created, Kapil Sibal jumped in. Now the problem is that sometime in August two thousand eighteen, the government of India reviewed the spiritual channel harvest tv and they passed orders saying it must stop working under the news license because as per their review they weren't showing anything that was related to news so of course we because which owns the channel went to the tdsat which is a tribunal that looks into the cases and tribunal ruled that you know the, your order to ask them to stop broadcasting was done without a show cause notice. You have to have their side of the argument. And I think this, the next hearing on this is on 2nd Feb, which so is the after tomorrow. in a
0: correct me if I'm wrong, basically HTN is working, is putting out news on a devotional channel's license.
2: Right, it was. But now it's shifted to another place. And one that has come now is what we understand as the mainstream you know rather center-left projection of uh, news in India but what you can say of all these media houses because HTN is not the only one coming out there'll be many more in the coming days is that they're all trying to cash in on the 2019 general elections and
0: I mean I think channels People were trying to get licenses for about a year now, not just because 2019 is coming, which is a good time to see how systems actually work, if you're a news company or if you're a journalist. But I mean, they were trying to get licenses for about a year and if the government is not issuing licenses, then there's a problem. But... Moving on from this topic, uh, before I come back to Gaurav about his CAG story, let's get Prateek on the line. Just to give some context to our listeners, on January 21st, a presser was organized in London by the Indian Journalists Association. At the press conference, a cyber expert, uh, Sayed Shuja, was demonstrating how to hack EVMs used in Indian polls. While we discuss some of these and some other details of the press conference in the last podcast. Prateek is here to tell us what he found in Hyderabad. Hi, Prateek.
3: Hello, Tilly.
0: Thank you for joining us. Prateek, you have fact checked in your story, you have fact in your claims, hai, and you have said that they were a tad too fantastical. Mm-hmm. So, while you have checked, 10 claims in your story. Hmm. Could you tell us what सबसे the three claims and how did you go about corroborating these claims and what conclusions are there?
3: I think when I was in a press conference, I was told that I was told that I was told that I that I was told that I that was Mark کیسے दिया कौन है क्या है तो اس کو لے کے پھر جب مطلب وہ جو ایریا اس نے بتایا مطلب بولا एक کہ اس कॉलेज, है so तो ऐसा कोई गेस्ट हाउस तो पे है नहीं सिर्फ सर्वे ऑफ इंडिया, इंडिया के स्टोर्स को छोड़कर के जो कि सर्वे ऑफ इंडिया के कैंपस के अंदर है वहां पर आपको एंट्री भी मिल सकती है जी है वो गवर्नमेंट का है उनके ऑफिसर्स के लिए रिजर्व रहता है तो ऐसा कोई गेस्ट हाउस नहीं था दूसरी बात काकी नाम का नहीं है कोई है उसके का नाम 11 Greater हैदराबाद Municipal Corporation की बिल्डिंग है वहीं मतलब बहुत सारे गवर्नमेंट इंस्टिट्यूट से वहां पे ठीक है और तो वो को सबसे बड़ा लगा था कि इसका ये ये पता करना बहुत जरूरी है इसने जो लोग का क्लेम किया है ठीक है उसके बाद फिर जैसे अभी अब उसका मतलब फिर उसने وجن جن کا نام لیا تھا the director of the election commission of india وہ بھی उसने نے کیا پورا نام ہی لکھتا تھا کہیں پہ بھی اس उसने जो اس نے جو یہ انٹرویو دیا تھا جو ائی جی والوں کو مطلب وہ جو بھیج the اس نے جو اس کا انٹرویو کس V शुक्ला لکھا اور لکھ دیا کہ یہ انہوں نے हैं उसने बोला कि वो वेगास में रहते हैं वो कब के छोड़ के चले गए वो वेगस में वेगास में नहीं वो दिल्ली में ही है अभी और दिल्ली में मतलब जॉब पे है वो अभी भी इलेक्शन कमीशन इंडिया में जी तो ऐसे मतलब ये सब क्लेम्स थे उसके उसके बाद जैसे कि तीसरा क्लेम है वो किशनबाग राइट्स 11 लोग को मारा गया चुपाने के लिए किशनबाग राइट्स करवाए गए तो वाली with तो किशनबाग में जो राइट्स हुए थे वहां पे शिक्षावनी और शम महल में वो वो कोई वहां के लोकल इश्यूज की वजह हुए थे वहां ऑलरेडी एक हफ्ते पहले इस तरीके घटना हुआ के, के सामने किसी मतलब का दिया था। उसके नीचे एक स्क्रैप इधर वो जलाता वो जलाते हैं मतलब जो स्क्रैप को जलाते हैं उसके ध्यान में नहीं गया वहां की लपट इतनी ऊंची चढ़ गई कि थोड़ा सा आधा सा ज़ंड, आधा झंडा जल गया था उसके ध्यान में नहीं है, तो उसको लेके फिर उस सुबह कुछ वहां पे लकों में देखा वहां के सिख जो उसी कम्युनिटी के थे तो उसके बाद फिर वहां अब इसने जो क्लेम किया ये बोलता है कि 14 तारीख के दिन इसके दोस्त ने इसको पेपर कटिंग भेजी 14 तारीख की पेपर कटिंग 14 मई की जिस दिन सुबह दंगे शुरू हुए थे तो दुनिया में कोई ऐसा अखबार नहीं हुआ कि जो अंतरयामी हो और पहले लिखना शुरू कर देगा कि भाई दंगे हो रहे हैं और ये गया तो ऐसा तो नहीं तो बोलता है कि इस तरीके कटिंग उसमें उसको نو تینوں بندے مرے हैं بھی اس میں کوئی لیڈی نہیں ہے ٹھیک ہے دوسری بات وہ بولتا है کہ وہ پہلے بول رہا ہے کہ گھر اس تاریخ کو جل رہا ہے ٹھیک ہے مطلب 13 کو ہی سب ہو گیا اور پھر ایک جگہ اس نے بولا ہے کہ 17 مئی کو اس जला है तो ہے تو 17 مئی کو وہاں سے فائر بریگیڈز पूरा वो किया था। वहां के इन्वेस्टिगेटिंग ऑफिसर थे तो पता है कि लोकल इश्यूज की वजह से वो भड़क गया और वो मतलब एक की की वजह से और एक के थोड़ा ये हो गए थे ज्यादा भड़क गए थे उस वजह से भड़का है ना कि से कि कोई प्लान किया गया हो 11 लोग हो उसको दमाने के लिए
0: जो ग्यारा ग्यारा लोग, की जो 11 लोगों की so he
3: definitely मतलब, is alive wo ab na win solution ecl check kar liya aise kisi ko bhi jante
0: nahi hai ji
3: theek hai na to wo uska ye hai ki matlab bolte identity hai nahi aur ab wo naam bhi wo naam bhi aise kya pata
0: create
3: kar diye gaye पूरा स्टोरी जो है उसका पूरा एक एक चीज फेक क्रिएट किया बीएचएल में उसने बोला था उसके पेरेंट्स काम करते ज्यादा काम करते थे जी बीएचएल के पूरे रिकॉर्ड चेक किए दोनों जगह क्योंकि ऑफिस के वहां पर उनका ऐसा कोई बंदा नहीं था वहां पे जेएनटीएच में उसने बोला कि एमई करिए उसने वहां से इतना में के Awesome. Thank you. So
2: given that all of his claims fall apart, so this was an absolute con job to begin with. It wasted everyone's time. Since some media houses sent reporters to London, they and wasted was people's the... money yeah. also.
0: I want to know how did they get visa so fast?
2: I mean, even Kapil sibil showed up at the press conference. He was the only politician, right,
1: at the press conference, yeah. if I'm not wrong.
2: What does it say about these people? Yeah. I mean, a reporter did a nice background check and produced this story. You're a politician who's a senior Congress leader. Why couldn't you do that? Why do you have to go to London to lend credence to such a personality that you when you're representing the oldest political
1: party in this country? And then there are publications that have endorsed the story completely, send their legal correspondents to London to cover the story. I mean, yeah. Yeah, it's it's off. It's off.
0: I mean, but hats off to Pratik. The story, when I read it, I was really amazed at how he can get so much information. How he can, like, if he puts his head to yeah. it, he will just go after the information and get you the story.
2: We should ask Prateek to do a story on uh, who killed JFKR. He should put his mind to that too. Some great mysteries of our times, you know, Bermuda Triangle.
0: Okay, but if you do want our reporters to do some amazing stories, do remember to subscribe to News Laundry. Coming back to you, Gaurav. In this podcast, we usually talk about TV news and newspapers. Could you tell us a little bit about radio? Given that you recently spent quite a few days listening to it, could you just give us a brief about how did you find the content? What was your experience? I mean, usually in this modern... Times mm-hmm. we are more of a visual person rather than a radio person. Mm-hmm.
2: But Cherry, isn't that ironic considering you are the host of a podcast <laughs> that's run a 50 <laughs> episode cycle now?
0: So I didn't mean the medium being the audio, but I meant I usually don't tune in to listen to a radio program, which is why.
2: Do you... Uh, Ayush I don't but podcasts are you know they're called radio no, medium on demand definitely I agree yeah. audio is catching loving up loving the
1: rebuttal here guys between the both yeah.
2: of you you can uh, send your arguments taking sides in the twitter comment below definitely love to check out what you think.
0: Which is why I wanted to ask Gaurav, even he had a lot of problems actually listening to radio all day. I did, I did. So Gaurav, back to you. So there are about
1: three stories that I did where I covered uh, the radio. One of them included listening to the radio from their first segment which starts at 6am till their last segment which ends at 9pm. This included news bulletins, programs, devotional programs, plugs, advertisements, all of it and Obviously, some really ancient music that I wasn't very familiar with. <laughs> what really stood out was that, uh, and which is why one of the headlines of the story is All India Radio or Modi Radio, is that every advertisement or every plug or even like a simple cooking show will have things like uh, Swachh Bharat as a plug in it, you know, and uh, every news bulletin. So, so let's be clear about this. Uh, AIR, which is All India Radio, Akashwani has a monopoly over news on the radio medium. Private players are not allowed into the radio space.
0: But now private players will be carrying
1: news bulletins. On a sharing basis and which is on a trial basis till now. Which it'll be on a trial basis for a couple of months. But ever since independence, it's been Akashwani who's had dibs on radio news. This gives them a great reach to the rural masses who don't have smartphones, who don't listen to reporters without orders, who don't tune into the television. But... What they do here is, and, it, and it's really subtle because you'll see it after about three, four days of tuning into the radio. Every news bulletin will start with, and I'm not even exaggerating when I say every news bulletin, it'll just start with, Arch Prime Minister Narendra Modi ne." Da, 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 da. Today, Prime Minister Narendra Modi laid the foundation stone of.
0: But as a public broadcaster, aren't they supposed to give updates about what the government is doing?
1: You're supposed to tell the people who need information about the schemes that the government is willing to provide, which your advertisements are, are anyway doing. Your news bulletins are about Modi holding a rally in Dharamshala, but you are not talking about a bus which had school students in it, which actually met with an accident while going to the same rally. So you're properly cherry picking what you want to tell your listeners. Apart from this, I just think that the subtle soft Hindutva plugging that comes through when you listen to the, like in the afternoon, when, you know, when women who are cooking, etc. when they plug into the show, there'll be someone teaching you how to make a meal. And then they'll say, oh, madam, you NGO, whose name is Swach Bachche. So, that entire plugging is there, which you will only be able to notice if you're looking for things like that. So, I mean, I didn't get, what is Swach, ba- Swach Bachche? So, they'll keep plugging things like Swach Bharat. So, then they'll make it oh, like okay. Swach Bachche. Okay. They'll keep saying, uh, like, different schemes that they have. Right. And they'll incorporate it into their talk show itself. Right, but how is it Soft Hindutva? Because throughout the day when you listen to the programming, you will realize that Even when they talk about the... Okay, so for example, my story spoke about the main festivals that we have in India. Each and every Hindu festival was mentioned. There was no mention of Christmas. There was no mention of Eid. And these are big festivals in India, you know. So, I mean, I guess you'll have to just keep tuning into the radio for three, four days and then you'll just see the pattern emerge in it. So how many hours, uh, I mean, do you know how many hours you spent listening to the radio? So I had about 26 hours of recording on my phone. My God. Yeah.
0: Hats off, Kaurav. And
2: that, this was the government radio. And this is not, not even 92.7 or something like this that. This was
1: between three of them, which is Vivid Bharti, Gold, and Rainbow. So oh. it was uh, spread between three of them. It's like
2: first 10 minutes of nostalgia and rest, 25 hours of headache.
1: And <laughs> what I'm talking about is also just in the five days, uh, in during the five weekdays. On the weekend, it takes a completely different turn, especially when Monkey Bath is going to happen. Mm. They start promoting that since Wednesday. So you're just hearing that every six, seven minutes, uh, you know, saying that tune into Monkey Bath.
2: Right. But um, I I wonder if uh, anyone's done this story on radio how you know the government might be practicing its monopoly besides us Have, has anyone done that
1: well uh, there was a lot of noise about the about radio not being able to cover news back in 2016 when some people were trying to push a petition through to the Supreme Court saying that you know give us rights to at least at least let us take the uh, bulletins from air and publish them but even that was not being done that has now been done but that too it's, it's it's on a trial basis as of now another thing about the radio that sort of sort of like really stood out was the the, the sheer precedence that modi takes over anything and everything you know, so the, you'll never hear the opposition side of the story. You'll never hear anything else. It's just Modi and it was cricket when I was listening to it because India was playing Australia.
2: But I think that that must be true for every government that comes into power.
1: So, in fact, the AIR anchors who I spoke to said mm-hmm. that, uh, you know, this is not a new phenomenon. AIR has always had a leaning, but it's never been this hardcore. But it's always been there.
0: I mean, I heard something similar. But I want to talk about a story I did on Friday. The story shocked me because... Even though the Bonded Labour Abolition Act has abolished bonded labour in India in 1976. But uh, during my research, I realised that there were 18.3 million people still in modern day slavery. I knew it existed. I just did not realise the scale would be this much. So I did the story based on the testimonies of 19 bonded labourers who were rescued from a Rajasthan brick kiln with the help of an NGO. Uh, One thing that stuck with me was a two month old baby that I saw there. She was born on the site. I didn't. I saw her in Delhi when the NGO was helping them go back to their hometown. Her lower leg was as thin as my index finger and ring finger put together. She reminded me of a Yemenis girl photo that NYT had published in 2008. Mm-hmm. This picture became the face of the famine and brought the world's yeah. focus back to the famine. Human-caused famine in Yemen. So do check out our stories and other cool stuff that we do on our website newslaundry.com. But here's a question for the panel. When you're reporting on dire issues, you see people hanging by a thread, right? Would you intervene?
1: Would you intervene from a human angle? Is is, is that what you're no, asking? You, you as
0: a reporter are reporting on something uh-huh. and there you see people hanging by a thread sure. would you intervene even though that might just be a stopgap measure mm,
1: I think I'll let Ayush take this first excellent, so Gora wants answer. deflect excellent
0: so Gaurav so wants time to see where he stands right oh, here test I, the waters
2: I would I would as a reporter because I think being a reporter a journalist is a label that comes very much later the fact that you have your responsibility to carry out a moral action if, if you don't how would you live with that? There's a very you know great there's a great debate around this question. Pulitzer Prize winning photographer has this picture of a very malnourished boy almost dying to death in the middle of a Saharan desert
0: 1993, Kevin Carter right not Sahara it was a Sudanese boy
2: fact check Cherry <laughs> and um yeah, and there's a vulture which is waiting for the kid to die so that it can feed on it and the photographer did not intervene. Why? Just because he thought he has to straight true to his profession and take that shot of mm-hmm. the vulture feeding on the kid. Let me fact check you again. Please go ahead. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, no, that's, uh, sure, feel free.
0: The first time I heard about this, this w- it was the same narrative that, the, that Kevin Carter did not intervene and I was furious because I stood along the same lines that the reporter should intervene because human emotions, human actions come before being a reporter. But... Kevin Carter did not pick up the kid to take to the feeding center because they were already warned against the diseases that the famine-stricken area uh, was going through and it would spread. But he did chase away the vulture and he followed the kid who was crawling up to the feeding center and he left only after the kid reached the feeding center.
1: Oh, then I mean... Fact check, Ayush, early in the morning.
2: No, then this just proves that what I have to say about this whole question of yours Mm -hmm. aligns with what a great photographer did. So, I mean, I said, I saved the, I'll the, save <laughs> someone and he saves someone. So, you're on the no, same but page.
0: Again, my question is, you do not know. Here, it was chasing away the vulture. Let's say, in case of the laborers, bonded laborers, when you're going to cover them, let's say you were on the site and you were seeing that they were being held up as a bonded mm. laborer, which is illegal. You do not know the realities of people. How would you intervene? Would you still intervene?
2: I mean, if I'm confident that me reporting on their bonded labor would probably help them get off the you know manacles then I wouldn't in the sense of heroically jumping and beating up the people who put them in bonded labor in fact
1: that's what I agree with because I think the greater good is actually reporting the story and knowing that it'll probably have that impact you know even with uh, Kevin Carter as Jerry just said if he would have not taken that picture we would have not been discussing it here and it wouldn't have had that impact for like generations to come so even though there might be an emotional uh, connection that you do want to try and help, I guess you would try and maintain your professional boundary and report the story so that it actually does make the change at the ground.
0: And Kevin Carter killed himself after taking that picture. I'm loving
1: this morning more and more (laughs) as we go on.
2: Getting brighter and brighter. Great start to the day, guys.
0: (laughs) Moving on, Gaurav, do you just want to give us a very short brief on your gag story? Sure.
1: Uh, This was a story that I did about five days back. It's about the current Comptroller Auditor General Rajiv Mehrishi and uh, we speculated, rather we asked the question in the story as to whether he did evade long-term capital gain tax on a plot of land that he sold in his hometown in Jaipur. Just to be a little concise about it, since it's a, it's a, it's, it's a pretty detailed and financial story, Raji Marishi at the time was not the Comptroller Auditor General. He is also someone who is the ex-Finance Secretary of India. So he's proper IAS ranks through and through. He allegedly sold a piece of land for about 3 crore rupees in his hometown. And he was asked, he was given a show cause notice by the IT saying that, why has he not declared this in his tax return filing? So Rajiv Maharishi said that, you know, this is agricultural land. I don't need to show it in my, I don't need to show it in my returns. But turns out that he had attempted to get the land converted from agricultural to non-agricultural while selling it so that he could get a higher selling price. But then he did not pay the fees that you have to pay to convert the land from agriculture to non-agriculture. So the land stayed as agriculture on paper, but the IT department told him that you knew the nature of the land and you knew it was going to be used for commercial purposes. But uh, Mehraishi just deflected, and from the answer that we've received from him, there is there is apparently no case pending against him. Which cannot be really true since IT cases are not ever quashed. They're probably just benched or shelved. So, I mean, did he or did he not is something you should just make up your mind for after reading the IT document that's there in the story on newslaundry.com.
0: So that's a wrap for the episode. Before we close, do you guys want to share your recommendations?
1: Yeah, sure. So I have begun, uh, this this has nothing to do with the news, but I have begun reading one of my favorite books once again. It's called The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy by Douglas Adams and i'm having a ball guys if you all haven't read it you all should really check it out
2: i bought it a month ago because a friend recommended it to death and he's still pestering me but i have to start it dude you have to yeah. it's it's amazing
0: ayush what's your recommendation oh uh, so
2: today is the 30th of january and uh, i think it's this 71st death anniversary of mahatma gandhi so i think one of the best books i've read on gandhi is not a biography or anything but this book by makaran Paranjape called the death and afterlife of mahatma gandhi which explores not gandhi's life so much but the meaning of his death as an event on a historical scale of you know modern india it's very original and unlike all the gandhi biographies which run into 800 900 pages this one is like 2 300 pages only and it's very good and I th- definitely think you should check it out.
0: Okay. Uh, my recommendation is the NYT piece about the Yemeni girl, it's headlined Yemen girl who turned world's eyes to famine is dead, do read the piece and also do read up about Kevin Carter that's quite a story, uh, thank you everyone who listens to us and writes to us, if you have any feedback for us, love, criticisms concerns, you can tweet to any of us or write to contact at newslaundry.com or to me at chariotnewslaundry.com also a big thank you to everyone who's paying to keep news azad and independent and to others please do subscribe because when the public pays the public is served when corporations governments and advertisers pay they are served to subscribe to news laundry you can visit our website newslaundry.com do subscribe to us or any other independent news organization of your choice happy subscribing
2: and listeners if you're listening to this podcast on itunes stitcher soundcloud castbox or any other podcast app Please do visit newslaundry.com to check out our other podcasts, videos, weekly satirical shows, comics and reports.
0: Also, a big thank you to the man behind the scenes, Parikshit and Anilji for recording and the panel for the time. Thanks, Jerry. Thanks, Jerry. All the News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent.